there is so much anxiety around this that, that you will serve your surviving parent, you'll serve your family, you'll serve your spouse, you'll serve your aunts and uncles by by being able to be calm and just going, you know what, this has all been talked about, we have a plan, um, and you, you can lead in peace, you know, then you can worry about who needs prayer. What's up, boss? This is Abraham's Wallet. We span the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Welcome to another week, Stephen. Oh, what a, what a, what a time for a week to be. What a great week. Did you just welcome me to my entire week? Well, it's Friday afternoon, and so we're about to start Shabbat in a couple hours here, which means I guess I'm kind of joining you in bidding farewell to a week more okay. accurately. I'm, I'm very willing to bid this week farewell, so that'd be fine. And I'll tell you, I don't know what it's like where you are, but where I am in the lovely Midwest, where the, the smokes of California fires are not impeding upon our joy, it is... It is here in Cincinnati what people moved to California hoping to get. It is 55 degrees and sunny and glorious. It's a glorious time for a sweater and a latte, which is what I enjoyed this morning with a couple of bros. How's it out there? It's smoky as all get out here in Utah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, you go for a run and then you think you've caught the COVID because you start coughing halfway in. You could just put some chicken out in the front yard and have smoked chicken by the end of the day. Yeah, we just, we pull trout out of the city stream and just they leave them hanging on a line. That's great. Um, but I'm excited because a lot of people, you know, most of these, these memes I see on the internet, I don't really appreciate, but there's a lot out there about 2020 and this year's been oh, such yeah. a... The dumpster fire. Yeah. And so there's a general sentiment in the population that this has been a rough year. I was on a call yesterday with somebody and she said, how are you doing? And I said, really great. And she was like, that is the strangest thing anyone said to me in a while. Yeah. No one says that. So anyways, I am excited because we get to celebrate one of the high holidays this weekend. That's true. And it is it is time for ushering in new things. That's part of the deal when it comes to Rosh Hashanah. That's right. So um, um, before I say Shana Tova to you, I, I, I would love to know, why don't you um, give me and any other interested people uh, uh, some thoughts on wh- what do you do with the youngsters um, to ring in the new, the new year? So we made the investment in a shofar, um, which I really, frankly, recommend that everyone just get a shofar. You might also, just a pro tip, you might also want to get some shofar spray, which ah. is product they make that you spray in your shofar after you blow it because a real shofar smells like a wet goat after you've blown it even just once all right um and 
other than that, we we kind of I would say this is one of the the lowest production value high holidays in our house. Okay, that's fine. We're we're it just already... encouraged everybody. Everybody's thinking, well, maybe he can he's going to tell me something that I could actually pull off. So what what is it? We're already getting geared up for the for the suka building that's going to happen in a couple of weeks. As are um, we. And so that's kind of on our minds. But Rosh Hashanah is a nice, something we're going to do this weekend. Um, and thankfully, it's not a fasting holiday. It's an eating holiday. Um, it happens now. And it's kind of awesome that one of the traditional foods that's eaten at Rosh Hashanah is apples dipped in honey. And my apple tree is weighted to the ground right now wow. with apples. So I love it. I love it when I'm making lunches for the kids and part of my part of my routine there is to walk out to the backyard and pick an apple, but it's fun to sort of take from our harvest uh, and, and use it in this celebration. So we'll do apples. We'll do some challah bread tonight. When we do communion in our Shabbat, we will do challah bread um, just to think about this holiday and the ushering in of a new year. Um, It's traditional to have the head of a fish, we're not going to do that. Uh, huh. I'm not a big fish head soup guy. Yeah. Uh, but Also not in the Bible, the fish head. That's true. It just, you know, the, the translation of the term Rosh Hashanah means head of the year in Hebrew. Um, so sometimes people eat fish heads. Weird. I don't know if you're ever in South Texas, though. Fish cheeks. I highly recommend. Delicious. Just get some redfish, some rockfish, and eat the cheeks. Huh. Okay. Um, or so, pork cheeks. Could you do pork cheeks as well? Those are delicious. Yeah, you could. Okay. I good. don't think that would be traditional in terms of the Jewish celebration. of. This well, day. no, but n- not being a Jew myself, I, I, might, I might go that way anyways. Head of the, head of the pig. Yeah. So we blow a shofar throughout the holiday. We blow it a lot. Uh, frankly, this is the only time of year that the shofar that sits on the, the shelf all year long, it's, it's open season. Um, you can blow the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. So just whenever, just whenever you feel it. Yep. Um, it's common to also do some charitable giving in, in this time. So we've picked out a few things that we're going to give to as a family specifically because of this holiday and that'll be something that we get to kind of kick around tonight around the the shabbat table um i'm trying to think if there's anything else that i'm missing okay that's that's great yeah we generally just eat delicious things thank the lord for the the passing of another year and this year i'm kind of like hey we get to start our next year a lot earlier than all the people who are worried about suffering through another four months of 2020. Oh, that's true. Cause you're moving on to 3581 or something like that. 30, something like that. Yeah. I'd have to go back to, to <laughs> Passover. To see yeah, me you're... too. That's the only time I'm really on what year it is. Um, so, so what's the, um, what do you say with the apple and honey? What's the idea there? Is it because of like the sweetness of the Lord, the harvest time and the, he's bringing us into a land of apples and honey. Wasn't that the verse? Something like that. Apples and nougat. So 
the reason we eat sweet foods on Rosh Hashanah yeah. are because sweet foods are, they symbolize a hope traditionally for a sweet new year. Um, you also could hear people talking about enjoying new fruit, uh, which would be a fruit that has recently come into season, but that you haven't had the opportunity to enjoy yet that year. The traditional new fruit that is eaten is a pomegranate. Ah, love the pomegranate. Okay. The pomegranate is a great food if you're on a diet because it'll take you longer to eat than it will to burn the calories you've eaten. That's right. It's like uh, it's like trying to strip all the strings out of a celery and it's so so little return on so much work. Yeah, but I feel kind of like Caligula when I'm like eating the pomegranate. I need somebody to give me grapes while I recline. It is. It is uh, luxuriant to eat the inside of the pomegranate and also, I will tell you, the new trend of pomegranate, pre, pre-packaged pomegranate kernels in a cup, you can buy that at the grocery store now. Yeah. It takes all the joy out. I don't enjoy it. Okay. All right. I got it. Okay. Well, what, what are we talking about today? Uh, when your parents die. Oh, so. that is a great subject. That's something that a lot of friends will get together and want to just chat. Hey, let's get some beers together. Let's talk about when our parents are going to die. It's Sometimes uh, that is a real, that's a real party starter. I just wanted to give that hard transition from sweetness and, and the new fruit to death. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It worked. You did it. You made the transition. Okay. Well, really though, you specifically have had several friends lose parents in the past couple of months and you did a really great job of putting together a couple articles one of which we pushed pushed out to the blog today thank you mark the next one is going to be live next week and some of because during our day job as financial planners i think what we noticed as we walked as friends with people through this process is that a lot of people spend, you know, months and years and years preparing for retirement and yeah. retirement. It could come earlier than expected. You could have a health issue that meant I can't work anymore, or it could come later. You could be loving your work and feeling great into your seventies or eighties, but we kind of are ready for it. We're thinking about it. For most of us in our 30s, definitely by our 40s, we start thinking, oh, I better start preparing for this. And something I don't see people thinking about, talking about, or preparing for is the fact that your parents generally are going to pass away before you. And that's uh, an exercise that you're only going to get two shots at. So the first time it happens, you know, you're generally not prepared you don't know what to do. You're left looking around. Uh, we may talk about it. There's sharks in the water here. People yeah. who would like to to come in and maybe lead you down a, a road that's not the best for you yeah. financially. Um, and there's some things that I think you unearthed as you walked with all these friends that were going through this this year that really made me kind of say, we should get that out for our audience, even though a lot of our listeners are not thinking about this yet. Um, it's something that just sort of happens and then bang, you need to know a lot about it. And most of us know almost nothing about what to do next. Yeah, that, that, that's right. Um, 
Yeah, I, I thought about that exact dynamic that you described where the, the first uh, parent that dies, um, there is a very steep learning curve of grabbing and scratching for any information you're looking in, looking online. Uh, what, what are we supposed to do? What am I forgetting? I'm sure I'm missing something. Um, and then maybe you, you have your little personal kind of theory on, well, this is what worked last time. And the second parent dies, and that is l less traumatic, perhaps, from a, from a transition standpoint. Um, and then you're done. <laughs> and, yeah, you, you know, I guess you, you might have to deal with your spouse's parents dying. But I, I observed a couple of things um, that were, I don't know, they were new to me walking through them. And I, I agree that um, if we could help people to do some forward work, some prep work that isn't even that difficult except to simply do it, um, we could save people from one, so much, I think, heartache, two, stress, and three, um, financial crises because they've done some some forward work um that i I, th I think it's worth the trouble by a hundred x um and so what i did with the can i just describe the articles that i wrote um you can okay i broke it up i was trying to think there's so many there's so many issues that swirl swirl around these events that I broke it up into one, the kind of heart and relationship issues that are at play. I broke it up into the kind of heart and relationship issues that are at play on one side, and then the more technical and financial issues that are at play. Because that's one of the hardest things about the, the, the surprise of a parent dying. And, and some... I acknowledge this isn't always the case. Some people, your parent is, is say, dying of cancer and they have three years and it's a long road and there's this final moment of them dying and plans have been made. But for most people, um, the, the, the death comes as a sudden shock. And my observation is that there are so many practical needs that have not been discussed or considered that we're unable to really engage as as a as a son as a servant of our of our remaining parent and as somebody who can actually enter into grief because we have the the mental and emotional margin to do that because there's so many practical needs that happen and they are thrown into our face and you've got to drop everything. You've got to cancel all your meetings, everything that you're doing at home, all of that's canceled. I got to rush to mom or to dad and I, I've got to help them get through this deal. So <laughs> this is a, a weird way to phrase it, but it excites me to think that we could with minimal effort, create a path for somebody that they could be secure of their surviving parents uh, plan going forward and that they could be more emotionally and spiritually present um, whenever that happens. So <laughs> I've never heard any financial advisor um, encourage people to take these steps. 
but holy moly, we should all be taking these steps. So I would like to tell you some things that you should be doing to prepare for the, the, the death of a parent. Okay. Yeah, Good. let's hear it. Okay. So I, I mean, I know that some parents die in pairs. I know that that does happen. I don't think that's normal uh, statistically. Um, usually there's a widowed parent that's left over. And that, um, the, the worry of caring for that um, surviving parent and what the plans are going to be, very often that, that couple talked very little, if at all, about what would happen when one of them died. And there are no financial plans in place. And I think if, if the people listening to this podcast, I'm assuming they're, you know, they're, they're us. I always assume our listener is between 20 and 50 years old and they're trying to lead their family and they're trying to put things together. And, um, I, I, I understand that part of our, part of our, our, portfolio for our family leadership is to making sure that, you know, if, if, if Ephesians 6, 2 says that we're to honor our father and mother, so we know that includes honoring them after they die. And we, and we know, of course, it would mean honoring our widow or widower parent um, after the first one dies. So how can we do that? Well, I'm telling you, I can tell you how to do that right now. You need to read my articles. One thing I say is just take care of the heart relationship. So one, I say that you should walk through any forgiveness that's happening between you and your parent. I know that you could, that always feels like something that you can do later. Someday I'll get around to forgiving dad for what he did. You need to, you need to do that now because um, the Bible says tomorrow isn't guaranteed to you. You don't know that you're going to be alive tomorrow, and you don't know that your parents are going to be alive tomorrow. So you should do that immediately. You should walk through forgiveness and any kind of spiritual hangups that are happening between you and your parents. And if, if I can make one recommendation in this whole podcast, here it is. You should have a conversation with your parents now about what their thoughts are around their death just to have a conversation with them what what are what do they think about their death how do they want things to go yeah yeah and i think it's interesting as we've done this to get the different reactions some of your parents are going to have thought a lot about this and be like well i'm so glad you asked here's what i'm thinking Others are going to say, what are you talking about? I'm not that old. Um, and of course. there's just totally different reactions. Um, you know, if, if, you're, if you bring this up and it feels difficult to kind of enter into that conversation in a way that doesn't, I mean, there's all sorts of pitfalls in this conversation. Sometimes parents say, are you, are you worried about money? Like, are you worried about your inheritance? I have had that question come up. It's like, uh, denial. I'm never going to die. I'm not that old. Uh, or that's a long time away. Uh, all those things are totally reasonable things a parent would say back to you, but everyone's going to have a different reaction. There's a book called Being Mortal that maybe a bunch of you have read. 
it's by a guy who I don't think is a believer, but he is a physician and has incredibly good insight into the process of aging and dying and having conversations around it. And so it's a really short book. It was really interesting. And it was about this guy who talked about watching his dad age and his grandpa age and die eventually. And both he and his father were physicians. So they kind of had some unique insight into the process and even saying like, this isn't um, something that we necessarily should do everything in our power to avoid. It's something we should be prepared for and think and talk about. Yeah. Um, and, and if you, if you want a suggestion about how to get into that conversation without, uh, you know, calling up and saying, ever thought about when you die? Um, you could, you could do something like, you know, me and Susie and me and my wife, Susie, I wouldn't use that, you know, I wouldn't recommend using that name unless that is the name of your wife. So I'd put your wife's name in there. Me and my wife, Susie, um, have been talking about, you know, planning. We're into this family leading thing, and we've been talking about our wills, and we've been talking about our estate, or whether it was right for us to set up a trust, and we've been talking about retirement or whatever. And you know what? I was just thinking about you guys and realizing we've never talked about what are your plans. I know you mentioned a will five years ago, but I, I'm interested in knowing what, what you guys are thinking. Now, it's, yeah, I mean, I would want to make it clear based on what you just said, Mark, that you're not going like, because I'm sharpening up my knife to know how much money you're going to leave me. Um, my first concern would be our plans in place to take care of whoever is left. Because I, as your son and someone who wants to honor you, I want to make sure that you guys are taken care of and that there's a plan. Can, can we talk about that? Because if there isn't a plan, biblically, I'm going to take responsibility and we're going to start working now towards making sure that uh, who, whoever's left is taken care of. Um, but I would just, I wouldn't even push towards the like dollar amount or anything. I, I would totally start, start and keep that conversation as long as I could at a sort of emotional and practical level of, have you ever thought about what you, what you want your funeral to be? What, what kind, do you want that to be a celebration? I just want, I just don't want to be surprised um, to go, I, we never talked about that. I don't have any idea what their wishes be because my desire is to honor you. I want to, I, I intend to honor you for as long as I live and my children are going to honor you for as long as they live. So out of an, out of a heart to honor you, I want to talk about, again, how's somebody going to be provided for, um, my, I, mean, I can speak for myself. My parents have strong opinions about what happens to their bodies. They have strong opinions about how their funerals are going to go. My mom has, my mom has written out the um, service for her funeral, which hymns are going to be played. She's very interested in this funeral. She doesn't want it to be a big deal. She has, I think she has limited the number of people who can come to her funeral. Um, I just want to serve them. So I want to, I want to hear what those, what those things are. Um, and then, you know, you're, you're, 
you're looking for minds, you're looking for their sensitivities, you're looking for things they didn't want to talk about. But if they're, if they're open to it, you can lead the conversation and go, um, now there's something that I, I want to make sure that, that I have lined up. And this is, this is for, the, again, this is for the surviving parent. Do you have a list of accounts somewhere? Do we know where uh, your, your insurance policies are, annuities, et cetera? It's not because I'm greedy. It's because I want to make sure that whoever the surviving parent is can be taken care of as, as simply as possible. So in the articles that, that uh, I've written about this, I've made it really kind of, uh, I hope, kind of plug and play that you can go, okay, if we can take care of this area, this area, and this area, I'll end up with a list that, will, that would be like an emergency list. I'm, I, I can speak for myself. Uh, my parents are very comfortable with this conversation. If I just got a phone call that my parents were killed today, I, I actually know exactly what to do because we've talked it through and I know where all the list of all the stuff is. I know where the keys to safety deposit boxes are. It's all quite laid out. Um, that's because my mother is an organizer, but um, I, I just, I wish that everybody could have the benefit of that um, uh, because as we talked about, there is so much anxiety around this that, that you will serve your surviving parent, you'll serve your family, you'll serve your spouse, you'll serve your aunts and uncles by, by being able to be calm and just going, you know what, this has all been talked about, we have a plan, um, and you, you can lead in peace, you know, then you can worry about who needs prayer, who, who do I need to talk to, is, is Aunt Kelly does she need my time tonight? But because I'm not, I'm not running around chasing down policies. I can be there for my family. So to me, that's that's one of the massive trade-offs of just doing a little bit of forward planning. So that's kind of the overview of why. And um, but you really, it's funny because we talk about at our business. You know, I'm the the money guy and you're kind of much more about helping people with this vision work and walking them through that piece. But you really kind of stepped up in this moment as your friends were going through some of this and said, I'm going to actually produce some things that will help my friends and everyone else who finds themselves in this situation with the practical step-by-step of what to do. Um, And I think one thing you produced an actual document that we've already started using with folks. And that's been awesome because I mean, it's, it's great to be able to say, if you find yourself in this situation, I don't really care if you're our client or not. Here is a packet for you. Yes. Work work through this. And it's great because what you created has some, some things in there like this, you will be attacked by people who want you to do this. You don't need to do this right now do it later. Um, And that's just as valuable as knowing what you do need to do is knowing what you don't have to do right away. But what are some of the big actual steps that that came out of that exploration you did that people can take? Um, Either if they find themselves in the situation or if they're not in the situation and they want to minimize the, the running around that happens when they inevitably someday do end up there. 
Yeah, I appreciate you shining light on that little thing that we created. Just let me sit on that for a second and say, um, I have a dear lifetime friend that I walked through some of this stuff with, and I was so flustered by the grab-ass nature of that process, um, clutching and scrapping for stuff that I thought, this is ridiculous. I I'm going to make a guide. And so our, our guide, we have Here's what you do the first day. Here's what you do in the first week. Here's what you do in the first month. And here's what you eventually get done when you have time. And um, it was crazy because I was so motivated to get that done for my friend. <clears throat> we kind of got that uh, kind of bow on that, got it edited and liked the shape of it. And the following week, I had another lifetime friend whose parent died. And so I was able to just send it to him and say, look, here's what, I know you're not looking for this yet. You're just telling me that your, your mom died. Here, just take this. And, you know, he wrote back like a week later, like that was fantastic. So I'll just throw this out that for listeners of our uh, podcast, whether you're a client or not, we'd be willing to get this into your hands. It's something that we provide clients, but we'd be willing to give it to you. Um, it's just our, we just call it our survivor's guide. Um, and, and yeah, so to, now I'll answer your question. Um, what are some practical things? Um, so do you want something that's a practical thing that you do when your parent dies or something you could do now? Well, I think that we've created the survivor guide in kind of knowing that very few people are going to do anything before their parent dies. Yeah. Um, but you know, you've been so intimately involved in this process twice in the past month now that I think you might also be able to kind of kick us some thoughts on, yeah, we can navigate this and when it happens, it happens and we can deal with it. But man, if you could do these two or three things before it was an urgent situation, then that would really help. Okay, great. Well, <laughs> Um, this is going to sound like no duh when I say it, but the number one thing I would recommend that you do with, with your parents is that you, you just have somewhere, you have their basic information somewhere. So I know uh, right now that I could ask my dad for his social security number and he'd be happy to give it to me because he trusts me. Um, but would you ever, would you ever just do that? I just want to have your social security number somewhere handy, dad. Um, you wouldn't unless, unless you got kicked in the butt like this. So I'm telling you to get basic stuff like, you ready? You got a pen ready? Here you go. R write down your, both of your parents' social security numbers somewhere. Write down, get from them, if they're willing to give it to you, the passwords to their phones and their computers. Um, um, get from them their driver's license numbers. So, well, you think, well, if they're dead, I'm going to be able to get their purse or their wallet. and whatever. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Just get their driver's license number from them. Um, the importance of these things is, among other things, that you don't want their identity stolen after they die, um, which happens a lot. So you would want to be able to cancel, for instance, their driver's license stuff. And that's one of, that's one of the responsibilities. So 
Do you know where your parents' birth certificates are? Marriage license, divorce decrees, that kind of stuff. Um, my, we, I, I say this in our articles, but I, we keep a safe of all of this stuff um, of my parents. And in there, for instance, is my dad's military separation papers. Um, my dad wants to be buried in a, in a VA cemetery. So I got to have access to those military separation papers. If your parents have citizenship docs, you got to have access to all of those. Um, this sounds stupid and basic. Like, why don't my, my dad, the password to my dad's computer? Yes, you need those things. Um, you know, the, the surviving um, spouse is going to want to read emails and text messages. And I mean, I can speak for myself and say, I have so many personal kind of thoughts and notes and stuff tucked away into the hard drive of my computer that, gosh, if I were to keel over, I know my wife would want to search through. I certainly would with her. And what a bummer if it was just, if it was just a password locked forever. So that, that's one thing that I don't think people think of. The other thing about having that information is when you start chasing down, for instance, bank accounts, they're going to demand those, that information for you to get access to them. Well, my name is Joe Smith. This is Bob Smith's son. Give me, you'll give me his bank information. No, I won't. Why, why would I give you that? Okay, well, I, I, here I, can, I, I have some of his personal information. So a knock on to that would obviously be passwords that they use for bank accounts. Um, if you can do that with your parents, if you have a strong relationship with them and, and trusting, they know that you're going to bilk them for their money, um, then yeah, just get all of that somewhere. And maybe that needs to be updated every six months or every year. Great. I, mean, I can speak for my parents. My parents are in their... 70s my dad just turned 80 this year they are more than willing to have this conversation with me um, my dad knows he's already passed the average life expectancy in the usa and my dad has had multiple uh, heart surgeries and he's like hey man i'm living on bar this is my dad talking i'm living on borrowed time i'm happy i'd be happy to see my maker today and that's my dad and so they're happy to, for me to say, hey, are these account numbers still accurate? Oh, we did, we moved that account to another another place. What, they'd be happy to do that. But I've got all that information. Um, and I know it, sound, it can sound like a chore or feel like, I know this is weird, dad, I'm taking your driver's license number down. No, it's not weird. Under the auspices of, I'm trying to serve you. I'm trying to, because again, think when I was, everything I was saying about, um, the sort of stress of losing a parent. Imagine losing a spouse. Imagine losing a spouse and having a child swoop in and go, you don't need to worry about all this. I got it because I took all this information down. I I'm going to be running this on the side, me and my sister and my cousin. We're going to be running this on the side. You don't have to worry about any of this. Wow. What a service to a, to a surviving parent to be able to handle all that stuff. So as I said, I would take anything from their intentions of where they want to be buried, if they want to be cremated. Um, again, thoughts of uh, of funerals, etc. Um, just just get into it. And 
one thing that I, you know, you have a great relationship with your parents. I think a lot of our listeners have somewhere between that and a totally estranged relationship with their parents (laughs) and there's everything in between some families don't ever talk about money and that's totally taboo and it would be offensive yes and to bring it up i think there are a couple things in that case if that's you one i believe that sometimes these conversations can actually open up your parents eyes to the fact that you do want to serve them and that you're not um you're not trying to figure out what they've got or what their plans are for their money, things like that. That It's really about, hey, I want to serve you. And so if it comes up and, and you can tell, or maybe you already know this, my parents are just reluctant to share about money stuff or they wouldn't want me to know um, their specific plans right now. Right. A, you might have to go back to that forgiveness thing if you were if that makes you mad. Um, so deal with that. But also, I think if you truly are coming from a good place here, um, you could sort of be creative about how you do this in a way that says, okay, mom and dad, I know you guys don't really like me having my hands in your finances at all, but could you maybe set up a, a place where, you know, I know where to get to this stuff. So that yes. if something happened to you, I know it's in this box yes. and here's the combo. I'm not going to come to your house and break into your box, but that's where it is. Or uh, in some cases it's even, Hey mom and dad, I know you and I have had issues, but um, we could go hire a trustee to help us with this so that if something happened to you in five years, you know, um, this trustee would have everything already ready to go. And I'd be happy to do anything I could do to help with that. I just don't want you guys to be left high and dry. Great Um, solution. Yes. There's a lot of options that don't have to be, you give me everything as the child. Um, And that's important to remember because I know not everybody's in a spot where the parents are going to give them all that info. Yeah. Yeah, so let's go with the trustee uh, concept because maybe there's a, um, you know, maybe there's an attorney that your dad trusts and but you don't you have kind of a strained relationship with him, but you know, he he's got this lifetime attorney. Um, While I'm on the subject, and by the way, all the things I'm listing, they're on they're in the articles that are uh, that are going to be on abrahamswallet.com um so for instance so so if you if this is happening and you got a trustee that's going to be uh holding this information then you would also want to make a list of the bills that your parents pay i think that's a that's a big surprise for people thinking oh wait a second what's going to happen to my, my parents, uh, Netflix account? They should have canceled Netflix. Um, what, what, that's going to automatic, that's just going to keep coming forever coming off of their account. Well, you need to have access to, um, billing statements to any subscriptions, uh, medication subscriptions, um, if they pay into annuities, you need to, you'll need to, cancel those things. You'll need to know where, where to get at their mortgage if there's any. Um, as I said, documentation for insurance policies, 
any bank or brokerage accounts. And this is something that I don't think people always think of, any workplace benefits. So th there might be a benefit from, or, or a, um, a 401k account from a, a job they had for five years and it was 50 years ago, but there's still a 401k from that job. You've got to have access to where is that 401k? Is it through the benefits uh, program of that company still? Um, you got to you got to have that information. So you'd want to make sure that the, the the trustee has all of this account information, so that all of that stuff could be rounded up efficiently. Okay, so that's all technical stuff that you can do and trustees and accounts and brokerages and blah, blah, blah. I, I'd like to finish this discussion with something that I suggest in the first article that's more in the heart relationship side. And that's this, the number one thing that people say when a parent is, dies is, Mark, what do you bet? I wish I had recorded more of the things that they said and conversations and memories and no, but that's a really good guess. Oh. I wish, I wish that I had told them how much they mean to me, how much I respect them, how much I love them. I tell my dad, I love him once a year, but I've never told him that he's the reason that I got into landscaping. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. He's the reason that I became an architect, designer, um, whatever. Um, so here's, here's my sort of challenge for everybody. Uh, if you want to punt on everything we've said to this point, I'm not doing any of that. Well, uh, great. I'm going to return. My little button at the end is I'm going to return to Ephesians 6, 2 to honor your parents. And I am going to encourage you to affirm your parents. I don't care how disappointed you are and what the kind of job they've done. I don't care how frustrated you are about they, I, they never return it. When I say I love you, they never say I love you back. I don't care about any of that stuff. There is a command, unconditional, scripturally, that says honor your father and mother, and it comes with a promise that it might go well with you and you might live long upon the earth. So I would encourage you to take an anniversary, take a birthday. Heck, you could even take the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday and give thanks to them to their face. And you could tell them something that you like about them, something you respect about them, something that inspired you in childhood. I, I promise you, Listener, I promise you, when your parent dies, and it usually doesn't happen on anybody's schedule, it usually doesn't happen when you thought it was going to happen, you are going to be at peace knowing, I told them uh, that I was grateful to them. I told them that I appreciated them getting me into sports. I told them that I'm glad they pushed me in math, even though that was my weak subject, whatever the thing is, to say that to them and honor them with your words, that's one, that, that is a great comfort that I have. When my parents die, um, one, I'll be at peace about it because we talked about it. I already know how they feel about death. I know they're not afraid to die. 
I know that they're looking forward to being with the Lord. That really gives me comfort that when they die, I'll go, well, I know they're happy because they told me they would be. And I know that my dad knows what I thought of him because I told him. I know that my mom knows what I thought of her and how much I received from her and how much I try to emulate him in my life, et cetera, because I told them. So I just want to use this um, subject of death to encourage you for your future's sake, for the blessing and peace that God wants for you. Affirm your parents. Bless them. Um, thank them for how they have served you in, in your life. And that's my, that's my closing word. I like it. I tried to cheat. I tried to look ahead at the article and choose point number four. But then you pulled a, you pulled an unexpected juke and presented point number three as your. I wish I, I wish I had recorded more. That's, that's funny. I, I, it was a good try. I liked you trying. Okay. You know what? I like your trying. That's what did it for me is the fact that you were trying to do it for me. Well, if I die tomorrow, I will know the how you felt about my try so thank you all uh, right well this has been a long one so thank you guys for hanging in there if you do if you're listening and you said that guide that thing you talked about maybe handing out i would like it um you can hit us up uh how, how can they get in touch with us steven isn't there an abraham's wallet email that people can write to there is there is mark at abrahamswallet.com. Uh, you can drop us an email and we'd be happy to share that with you. We'll get you that survivor's guide. Ask for it by name, the survivor's guide. And if you get it and you think this is amazing and you want to share it with 50 people, you can do that. Yeah, do it. Do it. All right. Well, until next week, guys, I'm Mark Parrott. And I'm Stephen Manuel, encouraging you to honor your parents for Abraham's wallet.